0: It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the L.A. Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and L.A. Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to
1: Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. Joining me as always, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter, we're coming to you on Monday, August 6th. The LA Galaxy losing and snapping a nine-game winning Excuse me, nine-game unbeaten streak. I think people would love it if it was a nine-game winning streak. But snapping a nine-game unbeaten streak to the Colorado Rapids, one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer, proving once again that nobody can trust the LA Galaxy defense, most of all, not themselves. Uh, A busy week for the LA Galaxy. No game until Saturday, but they'll have a a bunch of games in a very short amount of time. Minnesota United coming up this weekend. Colorado Rapids, a quick turnaround coming back to StubHub Center on Tuesday night. Why a Tuesday game? Because we said so, that's why. And so we'll have all that to talk about and uh, a whole bunch of other news topics, stuff we picked up from the game and everything else in between. But uh, before we get anywhere, let's check in with our intrepid reporter, Mr. Kevin Baxter. How you doing, buddy?
2: Hey, did you see there are panda donuts out there?
1: I did. I did see the panda donuts. I also said that. I also saw that you tweeted out that I am not popular, or Pato isn't popular enough to have his own uh, Pato that, donut. That is
2: correct. There is not a Pato. This is a corner of the Galaxy listener. Leslie sent me a picture of the of the panda donut and made the point of telling me there is not a Pato donut. So there you
1: go. That's ridiculous. Um, Whenever we finally get this whole. The people have spoken. Whenever we finally get this whole live event thing settled here and we're working on that and we're going to we're going to figure that out when that's going to be exactly. Uh, My wife has already said that she will make panda and pato cookies. Um, And she also said that uh, if she forgets to make the panda ones, then, you know, tough. So
2: the panda ones would be uh, would be much more delicious. And by the way, that the, the fact that you once again talk about this life event that I'm convinced will never happen. That's a good segue into another thing that apparently isn't going to happen. I I had a chance at the one of the season ticket holder events last week where they came out to practice. I had a chance to talk to Daniel Staris' dad, which was great because it kind of got the perspective of what it's like to be a father, because they see the game in a lot different way than fans do or journalists do or or even players do because they're not on the field but their families on the field it's kind of a weird thing anyway i had a real good chance to a chance to talk to him at length and and that was a lot of fun he's a loyal listener of the podcast and another guy i talked to just today Scotty McBean Jack McBean's father who also listens to the podcast from Boise Idaho uh, the reason i bring them uh, both of those up at this point is both uh, sons, Daniel Starris and Jack McBean, now with Colorado, are, are both avid golfers. Jack kind of just recently took the game up. Daniel is probably the second best golfer on the Galaxy right behind Dave Romney. Uh, I bring all this up because you, Pato, had yes. promised to have the uh, Galaxy Invitational, the Defenders Invitational out at the corner of the Galaxy Country Club. Yeah. You were going to have Ashley and Dave and Starris and, Steris and Uh, everyone out to play around a golf and that's never happened. So I am going to now, uh, tell the, 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 the defenders that we're going to invite the, the avid golfers, which again, Ashley, Dave, uh, Dave Romney, I I think Pontius plays a little bit too. Right. Anyway, since the corner of the galaxy country club is closed to those guys, I am going to have my own invitation invite those guys to play. Um, I'm not a golfer though. So it'll be putt, putt golf, (laughs) mini golf. And I just, I want to warn them just to be fair. I am really I'm unbeatable in that hole with the clown's mouth. I am really good at that. You, you, one, so. You're
0: good.
1: They get a windmill in front of you, and yeah, all of a sudden you're Tiger Woods, huh?
2: A- absolutely, okay. absolutely. All it's right. like a, it's like a it's like a penalty kick. I just can't miss. By the way, by the way, if the galaxy
1: were ever looking for what I would consider a, 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 an absolute can't miss idea. Um, having a, a LA Galaxy like mini golf tournament with uh, with Galaxy players is about the best idea I could come up with outside of like playing foot golf or something like that but that's a much bigger area I, I would go with a mini golf invitational any day of the week quite honestly in fact if if we can't you, you see, this is the problem. You and I don't talk about this stuff before we start recording, Kevin. And then the next thing I know, I have ideas in my head of, of things we can do. I want now. I want to do the Corner of the Galaxy Invitational at a mini golf course. When when can we do that? We need to we need to figure out a time to do it. I'm in.
2: A- any anytime you're ready, okay. we get those Pato and Panda T-shirts out there. That's right. Uh, Panda donuts for the winners.
1: Yeah. It's it'll be one heck of a time, that's for sure. All right, we'll work on it'll that. It'll be
2: unbearable.
1: <laughs> it will be absolute pandemonium is what it'll and be. Pandemonium. Oh right. Good. Yeah, Good. even
2: Pato couldn't duck that one.
1: Oh my, it just continues. It continues. All right, good start. Uh, not so good start for the LA Galaxy. Actually, that's a complete and total lie. The LA Galaxy actually that scored too a good goal. Of a finish. Yeah, it was the finish that was the problem. The Galaxy actually scored a goal in this uh, in this game against Colorado, Kevin. They scored it first. Uh, they took a lead. They took a lead into halftime. They did all those things, and I would like to point out that when the LA Galaxy have scored first. So far this year before the Colorado game, they were undefeated. They were six oh and three when scoring the first goal, and they were three oh and three when leading at halftime. Both of those things complete, gone, and and snapped. So no more unbeaten streaks whenever the galaxy score first well, there or, or is lead at streak.
2: The yep. galaxy are now O one and 0 uh, the game after I write a positive story about Ziggy Schmidt. I was. <laughs>
1: that's that's going to be a thing. People are going to start asking that you stu- that you don't be nice to the galaxy. Everybody was so was so on you saying that you were unfair to the galaxy, Kevin. Now, Including
2: the galaxy, by the way. Yeah,
1: and na- now you wrote, uh, which I thought was a really interesting read. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, interesting to see sort of you know Ziggy Schmidt's thoughts on uh, on coming in to take over for the galaxy and, and that type of thing. It, it just. It was. I thought it was a good article, and I think it points to the fact that I think that the galaxy got a lot of things right in the off season, um, but they didn't get it all right, and and I think that's sort of where we're at right now.
2: And by the way, Ziggy also has an incredibly eclectic and wide ranging taste in music. You too. You went to see Seth MacFarlane sing Frank Sinatra hits the other day. He likes he likes Marley. You too. He likes uh, um, Santana. The whole, the Supernatural uh, uh, Santana um pretty amazing stuff ziggy's a, a well-rounded guy no pun intended truly no pun intended <sighs> you're um, gonna get in trouble <laughs> i know i know I got, I got a ziggy starter kit going so don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i tried to lose some weight and rush it didn't totally work but yeah. i got my ziggy starter kit going
1: i understand uh the la galaxy like we said snap a nine game unbeaten streak uh the galaxy hadn't had a nine game unbeaten streak since 2016 Um, and in fact, they did it twice in 2016. They had two nine-game unbeaten streaks in 2016 and a 10-game unbeaten streak in 2014, so you have to go back a while in order to find when the Galaxy have had more success than really they have had in this last, you know, nine, ten games. Uh, Galaxy falling to Colorado is the perfect weekend uh, for it all to happen just because the rest of the results in Major League Soccer were so MLS-y. Um, that, you know, uh, ter- you, you thought for sure that Atlanta would beat Toronto. Uh, you thought that definitely uh, FC Dallas would beat San Jose. You thought all these things were certainly happening, um, and they didn't happen. And so the Galaxy losing to Colorado Rapids with a late-game breakdown, the way that they uh, they tend to do in these games, Kevin, um, maybe not the most surprising thing in the world.
2: Well, you know, one thing that with the Galaxy, and I, I actually talked to Dan Beckerman about this, not that I want to drop a lot of names, but I just want to, let you know that I'm not the only one that thinks this. The Galaxy, even going back to the Bruce Arena time, have always kind of had a knack for playing uh, to the competition. And by that, I mean if, if the team is struggling, and certainly Colorado is struggling this season, the Galaxy tend to play a poor game against teams like that. And if a team is playing really well... The Galaxy tend to play very well against them, and it makes for some interesting games because they lose games they should win, but they also win games they should lose, and I think this was a case of that. I mean, there was more than, when you look at what went wrong, there was more than one thing that went wrong, um, other than the first half was pretty good, but, uh, you know, again, the Galaxy, it was a game that, at times, the Galaxy had a chance to put it away, and they're Um, You know, they just couldn't finish. And, you know, they could have been up. I thought they could have been up by two or three to nothing after they weathered kind of a difficult first, say, 10 or 15 minutes. They could have been up two or three to nothing. I thought at at one point Um, they weren't. And so that came back to bite them.
1: Yeah, it did. And and certainly, listen, I think Colorado was the better team overall in the night. Um, I I don't want to take anything away from them, but just going back to the beginning of this, uh, first news is that, of course, Giovanni Dos Santos does not travel with the team to uh, Colorado. This was on top of Zlatan Ibrahimovic not going with the team because he was suspended by Don Garber um, for not taking place or not taking part in the All-Star game. So that was the first thing you had to look at. Uh, And then Giovanni Dos Santos not starting. I'll, I'll be honest, Kevin, that was a bit of a surprise. It seemed like at least after the Orlando game, we had heard that he came out in about the 65th minute because he was complaining of tightness and Siggy Schmidt admitted after the game that they had to sort of rearrange their subs in order to make sure that they got Gio off the field and that he tried to pull himself off the field before he got injured. Well, clearly whatever he did, he didn't do in time because he ends up missing this game in Colorado. We don't know severity. We actually don't even know any particular injury other than tightness. Um, and it was the same tightness that was mentioned after it. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, not exactly the Iron Man for the LA Galaxy either this season, Kevin, and and this includes the games that he was away with Mexico, but so far he's only played uh, 11 games, nine games started, 744 minutes, which means that he's only played in 35 .9% of the total minutes available uh, to the LA Galaxy this season. That's the designated player, highest paid player on the team. Jonathan Dos Santos is at 56.1%. Ramon Alessandrini is at 64.9%. None of those numbers are like super sky-high rockets, uh, which means that the designated players for the LA Galaxy, the three highest paid players on the team for the club, have now appeared in just 52.3% of the total minutes for the club Uh, thus far in 2018 that's that's when you don't have players on the field basically it's one out of every two games whenever you look at you know how this how the the minutes stack up here Kevin when you look at that that says something about this Galaxy team that those guys have really not been playing all that much this year
2: well and Gio my understanding is Gio didn't even travel so it wasn't like he got hurt on the plane or or he showed up and it was a game day thing They knew before they got on the plane uh, to fly to Colorado that he wasn't going to be able to play.
1: Yeah, and so uh, that ends up leading to uh, sort of the next thing that happens, which is the Galaxy uh, doing a little squad rotation. I think, Kevin, you and I both agree that's what happened. Uh, you got uh, Servando Carrasco starting in place of Perry Kitchen. You had uh, Michael Ciani going to the bench and Daniel Steris starting in a four-man back line. The Galaxy haven't played in a four-man back line for quite a bit, uh, perhaps not since they lost to FC Dallas at the beginning of this. So they go to the 4-5-1 Formation with Ola Kamara up top and Roman Alessandrini on the left and Chris Pontius out on the right, uh, Sebastian Legette uh, taking over for uh, I guess the Giovanni Del Santos role there in the in the middle of the field, and then you had Carrasco and Jonathan Del Santos being the defensive midfielders in front of Ashley Cole, Jorgen Shelvick, Daniel Steris, Dave Romney, and David Bingham in goal. So you had that lineup. And I'll be honest, Kevin. If you watch this game, it looks like the LA Galaxy don't know what to expect from each other. And I know there's going to be people out there who are going to argue, Kevin, that said these are professionals that you can switch up a formation and they still not know what to do. But the Galaxy had flair an attack, and that was even without Zlatan Ibrahimovic sort of being part of the attack, but Sebastian Legette and Giovanni Dos Santos were combining well, and you don't have Gio in this game. Um, you have all these things that that led to creativity in the offensive end and eventually led to four goals for the Galaxy against Orlando, uh, and then you come into this 4-5-1, and I'll say this right now, the Galaxy's attack was straightforward, it was predictable, it created some chances, but on the night, yeah, they missed some chances, and if they would have converted those, I think that, you know, clearly they're going to do better than they did did, uh, in losing, but there was n- there was no spark from this team. Uh, Siggy Schmidt said afterwards he thought this team looked tired and that they lacked energy, and I'd say even with the squad rotation and even with the players that they started, um, they had no creativity, no energy, and I-, I think that's the ultimate downfall here is going to a formation that they're really not that used to and certainly haven't been playing their best soccer with.
2: Well, a couple of a lot of things there. First of all, the squad rotation, it's needed because beginning with the Minnesota game at home, they play Minnesota, Colorado three days later at home and then go to Seattle. So they'll play three games in seven days uh, with one trip in there. Um, So so the squad rotation is needed. That's that's going to have to happen. Uh, whether this was the best time to do it, and and by that I mean you knew, as we said, Geo didn't travel, is our understanding. So you knew going in, you had some time to think about it. Geo wasn't going to be there, and Zlatan, they knew even before that he wasn't going, suspended for not going to the All Star game, which is a whole other issue. But in any case, so they knew they were going to be missing two of their their starters. Is that the time you want to rotate the rest of the squad, or would it be better to to maybe rotate some guys when you get back home? And you play Minnesota at home when you have Zalatan, and presumably you're going to get Gio back. Would it be better to rotate the rest of the squad when you have your two two of your stars back? Um, maybe it would have been better to hold off on that. As far as the 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 formation, yeah, they've had a ton of success with that three-man back line. But remember, that was predicated by a lot of other things, especially the fact that Zlatan was up front and Ola had to drop back and, and Rahman had to play a slightly different position. So there were a lot of reasons why, they, why you do that. And I think one of the things with formation, that's dictated by the talent, the players you have available and what their skill set is and what they do. I don't think you just say, look, we're going to go with this formation and the players are going to fit it. It's truly the other way around. The formation fits the players, and I I think it, it, it was probably a bad timing to have to change the formation. They have had so much success with it, but I'm going to give Ziggy the benefit of the doubt here and say he knew his players better than we do, and that for whatever reason, whether it was Carrasco was uncomfortable playing this way or, or whatever it was, that they couldn't you know, continue to play in that formation, and so they had to change the formation based on the personnel they had.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure, maybe. Um, I would argue that you could play, you know, maybe he didn't want to leave Daniel Starras alone in that in that three-man back line uh, like Siani plays. Maybe he wanted to drop four in there. And the Galaxy defend with four a lot. Um, but it certainly moved Ashley Cole into a left-back role. It moved Dave Romney into a right-back role. And those two play different roles under the 3-5-2. Uh, I think bringing in Servando Carrasco, whether or not Perry Kitchen needed to rest, and certainly Kitchen has played a ton of minutes, uh, you could understand and why he might need a rest, but certainly bringing in, in Carrasco in this particular situation to me and pairing him next to Jonathan Del Santos, who played a ton of time in front of Carrasco and not necessarily beside and helping Carrasco defend, uh, made the LA Galaxy super soft down the spine. Uh, Jonathan dos Santos is like a speed bump. A lot of times, people just usually run right over him or drive around him. Um, whenever it comes to it, you saw in the Acosta goal, um, the, the Acosta goal, which is a great job by Kellen Acosta to, to sort of take advantage of the space that was allowed. But it's Jonathan dos Santos's you know overeager press um, to try and win the ball high up the field that allows. Acosta to run into space and by a space, I'm not talking a little bit of space, there's probably 20 yards between, you know, Jonathan Del Santos and Servando Carrasco. And Carrasco comes over and tries to pick up Acosta, um, but he doesn't do anything to alter his pass. So Acosta basically has taken a diagonal run and never has to change the direction that he's moving because Servando Carrasco is there. Um, you know, in my opinion, and, and certainly people have argued with me, and I'll say this again, uh, I. It, Perry Kitchen and and Servando Carrasco may be similar in terms of the results that they get, but Perry Kitchen is a much more difficult person to play against. Uh, Perry Kitchen will kick you, he'll run into you, he'll make your life more difficult, and I think he does a better job of altering runs than Servando Carrasco, um, I'm just not convinced that Carrasco is a like-for-like for like for replacement with uh, with Perry Kitchen. I think you can pair the two together if you want to get defensive. But for my money, uh, Perry Kitchen starts over Servando Carrasco every time. And and again, Kitchen could have needed a, a rest. And he certainly came in, you know, in the second half of this game, uh, you know, to try and get some time in there. And he comes in for Sebastian Legette, who's probably not 90 minutes game fit Either, I mean, you look at just sort of the way that Siggy had to massage things and try to make it. None of this felt like it was the correct fit for all the pieces to me, Kevin. It looked like a team that uh, quite honestly looked like they were at the beginning of the season, which was without a whole bunch of ideas and and creativity not there. And and just the understanding of how to defend as a team or attack as a team just didn't seem to be there in this 4-5-1 for me.
2: Well, and, and you talk about Jonathan being a speed bump uh, and whether people go over him or around him. I always go around the speed bumps whenever possible. Right? That, you uh, can yeah. go faster that way. You just got to save those shocks, too. That's but, you know, okay, so let's say Perry Perry Kitchen doesn't start because he needs a rest. Well, then why does he come in and play the last 30 minutes or 24 minutes? If he needs a rest, he needs a rest. Don't bring him in. Um, another thing I thought of is, is maybe altitude. You know, there there it, it, there exists the possibility that that some players – take longer to recover from altitude so maybe you say with this string of three games in seven days coming up maybe the idea was um you know rest some guys now don't play them in altitude and and they'll be a little fresher going through that streak but again if perry kitchen it needs a rest then don't bring him in um the other thing is that speaking of the altitude um some guys got tired you know sebastian jet came out i think early right um some guys seem to get winded in in the thin air but the other thing that Galaxy never really seemed to adjust to is a lot of their crosses and passes just seem to go on forever. They never really seemed to make that adjustment to the ball travels further and travels differently in the thin air. And there were a couple of passes. I remember one distinctly from Alessandrini to what appeared to be a wide open uh, Ola Kamara at, that just sailed a good 10 yards past him. Um, I think maybe in the sub-hub center, that pass leads to a shot on goal. And this time it led to a goal kick.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always that adjustment. It's why Colorado is a is a difficult place to play, and we went over on Thursday night sort of the, the look that the the Galaxy have had there, and they have a losing record against Colorado in Colorado. So, you know, again, going back in hindsight, you look and say that this is a dangerous game, and, and quite honestly, I think, you know, I said as much on Thursday night, which was this is a dangerous game. The Galaxy still have more talent than Colorado, which is still true, uh, including all the people that they started and put on that field they have more talent than Colorado has. It's it's that simple. But Colorado played better as a team. Uh, Kellen Acosta is a real force there, and he's able to roam around and do whatever he needs to do. And Kellen, Kellen Acosta is better than Jonathan Dos Santos and Servando Carrasco. Uh, he was able to exploit the center of the field. He was able to exploit, exploit around the wings. And, you know, y- you look at Acosta's first goal, and I think there's a lot of people, Kevin, who are pointing at David Bingham not being able to get on that. I didn't see an angle anywhere that showed me that Bingham misplayed that or the ball got deflected or, or sort of any of that stuff. So I'm hesitant to say that David Bingham has been a problem or is a problem. I mean, what what are your thoughts on David Bingham?
2: I thought, he, I thought he's been solid. I wouldn't say he's been spectacular. I thought, so speaking of goalkeepers, just throw it out there, I thought Tim Howard had a pretty good game. Um, made a, it made was, a one, it
1: was, one really great save on Allison Drini yeah. that should have been a goal, yeah.
2: Yeah, and the reaction from Mrs. Panda was, Tim Howard, what's he doing out there? I <laughs> had no idea at uh, 116 or whatever he is that he was still playing. Um, but I thought he had a good game. I I, I think Bingham has been solid. Um, I think, again, a lot like the Galaxy, he he tends to have spectacular games when he really needs to and, and tends to have ain't games when um, maybe one or two saves would have really helped him. Somebody told me a long time ago that with a goalkeeper, what you're looking for – It's, I guess, kind of like looking at a shortstop. You want them to make all the easy plays, but you need them to make one or maybe two incredible plays in a game if they're going to be successful and they're going to win. And, you know, Bigham has given up a lot of goals. You know, just look at the numbers. It's not as bad as last year, but he has given up a lot of goals. But, you know, how many of those really uh, are his fault? I'm not sure that he's always got the help that he needed uh, from his defenders. And I I do think that there was a mix-up on the back line – Uh, On at least one of those goals on Saturday, that he just wasn't getting the help in front of him uh, that he needed. And and whose fault is that? Does he need to be more vocal? Is uh, you know the guys in front of him? You know when when you change center backs, it it changes the communication a little bit. Is Ashley Cole the guy that's supposed to to do that? He's running up and down the wing now, and when they go with the three-man back line, so is it a lack of communication? Is that what led to some of these um, uh, you know mistakes? I don't know, I I, I don't really, I agree kind of with your premise, I don't really fault Bingham for that, but at the same token, is he the guy, is he making those two, one or two spectacular saves that you need in a game to win? Probably not.
1: Yeah, um, David Bingham after the uh, game, here's his quote sheet. Uh, he says on the team's current form, and I quote, he says, There has been a theme over the last couple of weeks where we've gotten good results and worked hard, but there are little things throughout the game the teams around us are punishing us for, and we haven't been able to turn it around yet. We have to be able to close di- guys down and put pressure on the ball. If you don't do that, guys are going to punish you, and that's what they did tonight, and they deserve the points for it. And then they said on what the team has to do better moving forward, and he says, I have to keep the ball out of the net. If you don't keep the ball out of the net, you've got to give your team a chance to win. We're g- giving up too many shots. Some of the most shots in the league, and that's not acceptable. We have the quality where that shouldn't happen, and we need to figure it out with the postseason coming up sooner than later. All right, so after uh, David well, Bingham.
2: Well, give this to Dave Bingham. He's a stand-up guy. He, When we've asked to speak to him, the media, um, I, I don't remember ever being refused. And yep. when he does talk, he generally has something to say. A lot of goalkeepers, and I don't like that, a lot of goalkeepers after a tough game will disappear, or if they talk, it's kind of mealy mouth stuff. I thought Dave Bingham's been a really stand-up guy. He, um, he has. You
1: know, to the struggles. He has, and so, of course, I went to the stats as soon as I read that He said, you know, oh, the Galaxy have given up some of the most shots uh, in Major League Soccer. And I'm like, okay, Dave Bingham, let me see how close you are. The LA Galaxy ranks second in shots uh, given up at 127. Only the Montreal Impact at 140 shots have given up more shots so you're talking about uh, an la galaxy team that if you look at the best team in the league let's see i can't even get all the way down to the best team in the league because uh let's see it might be now is this
2: shots shot shots or shots on goal
1: it's shots right so shots okay. it doesn't shot shots on goal they, they just in goalkeeping stats all they really do is count shots all right okay. and then they look at saves Okay, And saves, uh, David Bingham is ranked second in saves in Major League Soccer. So he's facing a ton. Uh, He's also saving a ton, which means that he has 88 saves out of those 127 shots uh, so far this season. Here's where it kind of gets interesting. His save percentage... Kevin is ninth best in major league soccer. So Jeff Antonella from Portland uh, has a save percentage of 82.1%. David Bingham at 69.3%. Just to give you a difference in those two. Um, Jeff Antonella has only faced 56 shots this year. Uh, and made 46 saves on that. Uh, David Bingham has, uh, again, faced 127 and 88 saves. Now, some of this happens because goalkeepers are uh, uh, don't play as many games. Jeff Antonella has played uh, 14 games so far, go- goals started. So just sort of, again, keep that in mind. But he's absolutely right in terms of the LA Galaxy have have taken a ton of shots or or had to face a ton of shots, so he's not getting a whole bunch of help. Um, and, and
2: notice he went in his comments he said wee 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 he never said my guys aren't helping us out which by the way a lot of goalkeepers do say they would say you know i'm not getting any help uh bingham is not taking that way out he's 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 you know blaming it on the collective which is what you want your goalkeeper to do to be part of that collective but you know the number of shots and number of saves when you when you talk about uh, antonella at portland yes he's played fewer games but the point i was going to make is when you're facing fewer shots and making fewer saves you're not getting fatigued. You're able to concentrate a little bit better. I think you see the ball a little bit better. When, when every time you look up, a shot's coming. Um, it, it's tough to, to, to keep that focus and to stay sharp. Um, that's why a lot of times uh, the Galaxy, you know, games are decided at the end. Uh, team has dominated the whole game, and if they don't get that breakthrough goal – until the very end, it's because they've kind of worn the, the goalkeeper out a little bit. It, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does. It, it is a little bit like a starting pitcher in baseball. You know, as they get deeper into the game, they get more fatigued. And that happens with goalkeepers, too. Guy faces 20 shots. It's hard to save all of them. Yeah, at, at some point, one's going to get through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to go against the, the goals against average, which is always a, a good measure, uh, right now, David Bingham sits in 13th place a, out of the entire goalkeeping league. Again, um, there are some goalkeepers here who only have 10 games played and some 23. So it's always tough to sort of quantify all those. But if you want to put a, a good quantification, Brad Guzan, uh, who sits fourth in goals against average right now, Kevin, uh, having played 23 games and playing on a very good. Uh, Atlanta United team he is at 1.09 and David Bingham is at 1.65 so again middle of the road for David Bingham, but certainly whenever you look at the shots he's faced um, and the amount of shots the Galaxy have given up, you can certainly understand a little bit of his frustration whenever he's talking about, you know, hey, I, and he's saying it without saying it, hey, we need to stop doing that. That's that's killing me out there, right? Too many shots, eventually they're going to go in, and bottom line is that he's actually pretty good in save percentage in terms of, you know, the top 10 goalkeepers in the league, so the shots that he is saving, or the shots that he's see, seeing, he's saving almost 70 Percent of them. I don't know that you can ask for much more. You can certainly have a higher save percentage. You can get all the way up to 82 percent, which is where Jeff Antonella is. But at 70 percent right now, with the Galaxy's defense and the amount of shots that he's facing. Uh, it's a much different game for David Bingham than it is. So I'm I'm not one that's going to throw him under the bus, Kevin. Uh, I think he needs some help from the defense, and I think if he does, he'll be a perfectly solid keeper. I don't know that he's going to be outstanding. I don't know if he's ever going to be that outstanding keeper that you sort of talk about Kevin has to make the outstanding save. It doesn't seem to sort of fit his personality and, and the way he plays, but I think if the Galaxy can shore up the defense, that David Bingham will also improve along with the defense improving.
2: Well, and let's talk about the 24, or 24. Let's talk about the 800-pound gorilla in the room, which is the fact that Zlatan wasn't there. Um, You know, there has been, and you can make this argument, and there's a lot of evidence to it. Zlatan has five game-winning goals. The Galaxy have won 10 games, and he wasn't even there for the first win. So um, more than half of the games that they've won since he came, he had the game-winning goal. He's not in Colorado. They lose. Um, When you look at the fact he had the assist to get them started in – the lafc game the fact that he single-handedly uh won that last home game against orlando city um you begin to wonder that clearly the galaxy and no one would argue with this the galaxy are a much better team with a but can they not win without him is it gotten to that point now where uh, were players looking around for him uh to rescue them even though they knew that he wasn't there in colorado Is it gotten to the point now where they are a one-man team I don't think so. I, I think there was
1: still plenty of talent on the field in order to be able to win against Colorado. I, I, that, that game particularly is one that will sort of, you know, I, I think haunt the galaxy. You look at their struggles against D.C. United and San Jose with, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, so you can certainly look and say, hey, you know, they have bad results against bad teams uh, even without or even with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So, I mean, yes, there's certainly something. And any time a guy who scores 15 goals and has, I think, six assists on the year. Um, anytime that guy has that he he has a huge, huge impact on the game, as he should, and I think that's okay. I mean, did you know, did the Galaxy complain about relying on Robbie Keane too much whenever Robbie Keane was scoring all of his goals? No. You don't. You you work with the player that you have to say. I'll tell you this, though, and it was certainly something I brought up on Thursday, Kevin, is the Galaxy have to change the way they play whenever Zlatan's not on the field, and I think that that's where they failed in this particular one. Even with the formation, uh, even with everything else, they did not play... Um, You know, they didn't play the way they needed to play more on the ground, more quickly, more interchange, more creativity than whenever Zlatan's up there. And you can just find, you know, the six foot five striker, uh, six foot four striker who's standing up there and is able to be more physically demanding than any other striker in the league and and body out the biggest defenders in the league. So, yeah, you have to play differently. And I don't think they did.
2: Well, and the other thing with with Zlatan is it does change the formation we talked about. I think they go to that uh, three man back line. Because of things that change up front with Zlatan, I think it's it kind of they start in the front and move back, and that's the formation they wind up with, and that's why it's been successful. Um, I, I will say, you know, I, maybe they aren't a one-man team, but they don't win that first LAFC game without Zlatan. I mean, he just even the LAFC players talked about how when he came on the field, they didn't know how effective it was he would be, but but they spent a lot of time watching him, and it so so even if he didn't score the two goals, which he did um it would have opened things up for other players so i think he wins the lafc game the first one by himself he wins the chicago game clearly uh, the one to nothing game he wins that one in chicago that would the one that was played in in the ice bowl game he wins that game and then he won the Orlando City game so you know he may not be a one-man team but you're right he does change the way they play and there's three wins right there that that I would argue they don't have without Zlatan so certainly he he is a big reason for where they are in the standings You're, you're getting into the butterfly
1: effect you have no idea whether or not they win those games without Zlatan because he he was there so it's it's one of those things that, I think ESPN just did a luck index. Did you see that by the way, ESPN? No, FC? But
2: no, the number of players that have scored on forty yard volleys this year in MLS I think is the number is one Zlatan. So uh, it may butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it. I think he's won three games.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly that's what the that's what the results is. I won't get into the butterfly butterfly effect with you. I, I can tell it's already it'll, wanna, it'll give gonna,
2: me the luck index though.
1: The, the luck index. So so <laughs> ESPN. It seems like spent a whole bunch of time and resources to look back at the English Premier League last year and take and try to remove luck. From the uh, from the the equation, right, and so then they showed who the luckiest and most uh, and unluckiest teams were, and uh, then they added points and subtracted points, and basically said you know where the table should have been, and it had Liverpool finishing second as the most unluckiest team um, because they basically gave them 12 more points than they had because of bad luck. Um, So anyway, it was just it was interesting. I thought I thought it was an interesting way to try to do things. I think it means absolutely nothing, but it, it's fun. To, it's certainly fun and, and fodder for people to talk about, so I, I no, enjoy that No, wh-
2: what it means is that somebody had way too much time on their hands.
1: You <laughs> Like me with all my charts. I understand. I, I get where you're coming from.
2: No, your charts mean something. Uh, the luck yeah. index?
1: Yeah, yeah. the luck index. I like it. I want to see what they do to... I, can they imply that to MLS uh, for the end of this season? I want to see what the luck index does and how lucky or unlucky the Galaxy are uh, whenever you look at everything. I, w- okay, Kevin, off the top of your head, do you think the LA Galaxy are lucky to be in the position they're in or are they are they unlucky to not have
2: more points? I would... Oh, that's a tough one. Right? I, wow, yeah, it is. I mean, I think they're... I guess the best way to answer that is they're probably right where they should be. You can go back and look at games and say, yeah, they should have gotten more points here. But then there are games when they stole points. Yeah, they're probably right. They're probably right where they should be.
1: Yeah. For all the fans listening, you can send in uh, either on Twitter at Galaxy Podcast. Tell us, tell us if you think the LA Galaxy are unlucky or lucky to be where they where they currently are. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Or you can email us at gmail.com. Love to hear those, and maybe we'll read some of those uh, on next week's podcast as well. We talk a little bit about um, Daniel Stairs and how he plays. Obviously, a guy who has not not been playing a whole bunch with the LA Galaxy uh, started out him and Michael Ciani sort of seesawing back and forth for starting position at center back it's been Michael Ciani for most of the year uh, Stares comes in actually gets to play his position by the way uh, instead of whenever they put him in against FC Dallas and out on the right back role for some reason uh, whenever Siggy Schmidt tried to do that twice and it didn't work out either way um, I will say that I was neither uh, impressed nor uh, depressed by the play of Daniel Stares. I think that the defense re- acts about the same whether Steris is in there or Siani is in there I think that they're all largely um, the same player except probably for uh, for the mass or the size of the player uh, and Michael Siani probably has that there's probably a reason that you know uh, Michael Siani is starting over Daniel Steris right now just in the size category alone but by no means do I think either of them are perfect and I'll say this in Daniel Steris defense the more games you give Steris, the better he is. The fact that he has been playing puts him in a tough position in this game. Um, so trying to gel and and work in with the rest of the defense – um, in this game I thought it was difficult for him and if you look at the last goal uh, you had Dave Romney stepping probably in the wrong direction you have Ima Boateng actually get beat around the corner which never happens you had Daniel Starris start to go over and help and you had Jorgen Shelvick decide not to track an actual runner instead of uh, taking space and that's how Colorado was able to equalize in the 90th minute so um, you know again it's defensive issues Steris isn't indicative or the cause for any of those defensive issues it's the same defensive issues if Michael Ciani was in there. So overall, it's a defensive breakdown, um, and I don't think that surprises anybody.
2: Yeah, not equalized. Go ahead, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead for the win. So 2-1 win for for Colorado. Again, I I have a huge problem with how this Galaxy team lined up in the center of the field, Kevin, and to me, Jonathan Dos Santos has been very hit and miss as of late. Um, He is a guy who can absolutely hustle and work, and he's a guy who played 30 minutes in the MLS All-Star game, uh, traveled directly from Atlanta to Colorado in order to play, um, and he looked like he was out of gas in this game. Uh, I'll say that for me, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos has, has some big issues with staying connected with whoever his partner is, uh, and his partner usually has big issues with staying connected with Jonathan Dos Santos, and I don't love how soft the Galaxy can be down the center of the field, and I think that's a major issue for the defensive problems that they're seeing, uh, not just uh, not just counting the loss of possession through the midfield.
2: Well, you're a believer in that designated players need to play, and do you think that, that uh, Jonathan and, and Gio... Get to play because they're designated players, or do you think that they actually add something to the team? In other words, when Ziggy picks his best eleven, they're one of the best eleven.
1: I know I know galaxy fans are immediately jumping up and down and saying that uh, they they probably don't deserve the minutes they get. I think that uh, anytime you can get Jonathan dos Santos on the field that he is your best, uh, central midfielder, whether he's a de- de- defensive midfielder or a box-to-box guy, I still think he's one of the best on the team, and he probably deserves every start and every game that he gets. Uh, that just means that the Galaxy have an issue there because I don't think he's great. Uh, with Giovanni Dos Santos, I don't think the results, especially not this year and, and certainly not last year, you know, see him as an everyday starter. Um, but at the same time, I realize the talent that is there and understand what he can do. I thought he was playing excellent soccer whenever he played against LAFC, uh, and whenever he played against Orlando, I thought that was you know sort of peak geo. He was involved. He scored a goal against Orlando. He looked dangerous. He was part of the offense. He was working in and out. He was being dangerous. He was seeing chances. All that stuff was really good, so in this game, I would have started him if he would have been available. Um, but I think that a lot of times Giovanni Dos Santos, because he makes so much money because he's a designated player. Uh, yeah, he gets a pass and he gets to start all these games.
2: So it, he he gets to start primarily because he's a DP. All salaries being equal, he might not get those many minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Yep. And, but I also think that in MLS, that's how it goes a lot of the times. Uh, it's very rare for you to see somebody like Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard sitting on the bench. Uh, in a playoff game, so Bruce Arena was, you know, at least bold enough to make that move. I think it's difficult on this team to tell to say that you're going to sit Giovanni dos Santos. I think you have to hope you get every penny's worth out of every minute that he plays, um, because that's the only way this LA Galaxy team really succeeds right now. Sebastian Legette not ninety minutes healthy, you could see him come in and and have to come out early. And so you really don't have a replacement for what Gio is and where the position on the field he plays right now, uh, especially in the 3-5-2 formation, which I think highlights both Jonathan Dos Santos and Giovanni Dos Santos' strengths. So if you're going to move away from that formation, if you're going to bench you know uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, uh, then you, you're probably moving away from the formation because it doesn't quite fit any other player the way that it fits him right now.
2: No, and, and since we clearly are, are determined to beat this formation thing um, until it's a dead horse, Yes. Um, in my conversation with Ziggy the other day, he did some have, have something interesting to say, and it was kind of what I was alluding to when I talk about the the formation uh, begins in the front and moves back, and it's determined by what you have up front, what you need in the back. And it, it was one of the things Ziggy told me that we, we've talked to, uh, about Alessandrini before, how he needed to be benched because he wasn't quite picking up on what Ziggy was trying to do. Ziggy wanted those guys tracking back more. He wanted them doing different things. And he had to convince Roman that it, he needed to do those things if he was going to see the field. And, and he reacted very well to that and had a pretty good July. But what, what Ziggy said is he said you have to have a balance between risk takers and guys who complete passes. Ibrahimovic is a risk taker. Ola is a risk taker. That's the nature of goal scorers. He said goal scorers are not going to have 80% pass completion ratings because they're going to take risks. And when you add Alessandrini, the way Alessandrini played last year, that's another risk taker. And Gio at times is a risk taker. That's just too many. You have four guys up front who are all risk takers who are not going to complete 80% of the passes. That's not going to work. And so he said, and so getting Alessandrini to be a little bit less of a risk taker makes the team a little bit more effective in GO2. So the point is you have a, you know, guys up front who are the risk takers. You have guys in the middle. And when you pu- when you flood that midfield and you have the five-man midfield, you have guys in the middle that then are the guys that are going to have possession and complete those passes and feed the guys up front. Alessandrini had to learn to play that way. And then I think in Colorado, when they change formations, now all of a sudden they're telling Alessandrini, hey, remember what we've been telling you the last month about don't be a risk taker. Well, forget all that you know, go crazy, take as many risks as you want. And, and I think he was the guy that was probably put in the in the toughest position. Uh, essentially told him to go back, play the way you always want to play. But for two months, he's, it's been pounded into his head, don't do that anymore. So I, I think maybe he had a little bit of an adjustment problem. but But my point is that's why you go from – uh, you know, f- from the three-five-two or the three-five-one-one or whatever you want to call it, then you go to the four-four-two, and it sort of changes things for a lot of players and that's based on the personnel.
1: Yeah, and it can. Listen, I thought Roman had a mixed bag against Colorado. I thought that he was one of the more dangerous players the Galaxy had. Uh, he got the goal that was basically handed to him on a silver platter because of a defensive mix-up with Colorado. Uh, he also missed some shots that probably he should have made. Tim Howard made a great save on one. Uh, maybe could have played a little better past Ola Kamara on one breakaway that they had. Um, So, you know, and I have no problems with him being selfish. I never have problems with strikers being selfish. Ola Kamara shouldn't pass the ball to Roman Alessandrini if he thinks that he can score. And Roman Alessandrini should not pass the ball to Ola Kamara if he thinks that he should score either. And you live and die with strikers who are selfish. Um, you know, a-holes most of the time. That's usually how it works <laughs> with strikers. Yeah, that's uh, what
2: Christian Wilhelmsen said.
1: Uh, we, I was just talking about that today on, on Twitter, um, and you and I had talked to a, a Swedish reporter who has been covering um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and apparently Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Christian Wilhelmsen are good friends. Um, which is something I didn't know, uh, which is, again, interesting. And Christian Wilhelmson again, uh, by my theory, is the reason the LA Galaxy won the 2012 MLS Cup. And uh, and Robbie Keane did steal a goal from Christian Wilhelmson who had hit posts, who had narrowly missed, who had had goalkeepers make ridiculous saves on his shots. Uh, the ball was finally going in in a playoff game against the Seattle Sounders. And Robbie Keane intercepted it about three inches from the goal line and made sure that he was the one who put it across the line. Still one of my... One of my favorite, I think, Galaxy moments that I've covered uh, was watching that happen, which was uh, which was fun. So, yeah, uh, lots of lots of different things there. Uh, All right. We move on. I I should point out um, that losing to Colorado might not be so bad here. Kevin Um, at Galaxy History, who is an account that I would say uh, you should follow because the gifts that are on there really go back into uh, L.A. Galaxy history. Uh, Galaxy History says, historically losing to Colorado has been a good omen for the LA Galaxy. In 2014, they lost to them in May and went on to lose only six out of the next 33 games, ending with the fifth MLS Cup. In 2009, they lost to them, then went on a 10-game unbeaten streak. And in 1999, they lost to them and went on to win seven out of their next eight games. So, losing to Colorado is actually an omen of good things to come, according to uh, Galaxy History there, Kevin.
2: Well, I mean, you look at the schedule. So they have, they're going to uh, play Minnesota next. Minnesota is one nine and zero on the road. They're going to play them at StubHub Center. Then Colorado comes in. We know Colorado's been struggling. Then they go to Seattle. Seattle's starting to bounce back a little bit. Yeah, they're so playing that, well. That, that could be a tougher game. And then they, they, they end the month with uh, LAFC at home. They go to Salt Lake City, who's played really well at home. They go to Toronto, terrible season. They get Seattle at home, Vancouver um vancouver's right below the playoff line right now um they finish with at sporting kansas city at minnesota and at and and then play houston at home so there are a you know i don't do you call them soft games there are a number of winnable games coming up
1: Um, it's mls so you can never say soft but you're absolutely right there's some soft games on that which by the way the galaxy tend to not play that well against some of these softer opponents so it'll no, be. We talked about that. They yeah, play up yeah. or
2: down to their rivals.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the Galaxy can sort of navigate these quote unquote soft games. Darwin Quintero is is a real danger for Minnesota uh, coming up on Saturday. That'll be difficult. You have Colorado who just saw the Galaxy and had success and will be wanting to come into you know L. A. and and beat them there. So I mean, the, it's not inconceivable to see the Galaxy drop more points to some of these, but they very well shouldn't. I don't know that they win the game. Um, against Seattle. In fact, I would probably peg that as a loss going up there and playing against Seattle and knowing Seattle's sort of uh, starting and to find a stride. Eber, Eber's not going to go. And Ibra's not going to go, exactly. So you almost write that game off. So that happens. Um, you know, there's some, again, there's some games. That game against LAFC, the Galaxy have, you know, sort of had this mental hold over LAFC for the first two games. Um, so we'll see if that continues. That's a game that they could they could lose. it Absolutely. Um, And
2: and Zlatan doesn't go to Minnesota um, in the penultimate game of the season.
1: That's right. Well, maybe he does if If they need need him to. I mean, you're talking about Listen, Zlatan's a competitor here. I would hate for him to have to go to Minnesota and play on that ugly rug. That is a horrible, horrible field. And, yeah, uh, just
2: ask Baggio. I was
1: going to say Baggio. von Dom got hurt in that game as well, the game that Baggio Osidic broke his leg. Um, and Yellow Van Dom called it one of the worst uh, fields he's ever played on. Um, so it, it's a horrible place to have to force Zlatan to play, but, I mean, you know, if your borderline playoff position there or if you can really jump up into a playoff position that gives you an advantage does Zlatan show up, he might be on the bench.
2: Well, what about Toronto? Is that turf? They no, have turf no, it's grass.
1: Being? It's grass now.
2: It's grass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so does Zlatan, I guess, flies makes that trip even though it's a long trip?
1: Yeah, he'll he'll go that one. So anyway, so looking at all those things, so that's that's just sort of the stuff that comes in, and we've also Kevin Yoon and I talked about. Uh, I talked about it on Thursday, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic sitting on 498 goals according to Zlatan because that's the only record that counts. Uh, whenever you talk to Zlatan about it, so it's 498 career goals, and uh, you
2: bet he's counting them.
1: Oh, he is absolutely. But there he's is like
2: a, Barry Bonds with his home runs. There. exactly
1: where he is. There is Wikipedia as well that says that he's at 505, and there's some people who actually have some. I went and looked at some of the source material that might have that correct, but Zlatan says 498, and that's the number that's published out there, and the Galaxy are going per Zlatan. So uh, when he scores number 500, which he has a chance to do either against Minnesota United or against uh, uh, Colorado coming up, um, if either of those times it happens, the LA Galaxy do have something planned um, for that. Uh, so y- it might be a reason for you to show up on a Tuesday night if Slaton's one away or two away uh, playing against Colorado on a Tuesday night at StubHub Center. It would be, I- I'll be honest, uh, if you're looking for the spectacle of things, Kevin, playing doing it Saturday versus scoring two goals against Minnesota on Saturday is a much better idea than scoring you know, uh, the 500th goal on a Tuesday night at StubHub Center uh, when when the, I'm sure the audience and the crowd level won't be quite as much. So uh, maybe Although he Saturday. Although a few
2: teams squeeze the nickel tighter than the Galaxy, and you know management is saying, hey, if we can get two games to hype this, if we can hype it against Minnesota and say, oh, God, he fell one goal short – Come on out and see Colorado. Maybe he'll do it then. Um, yeah. may, I don't know. Maybe they want him to wait until the last game of the season.
1: Hey, I, I, I don't think that they wanted to. I think they would have been happy if it happened against Orlando. Uh, or if it would have happened against Colorado in Colorado. So anyway, that is uh, that's going on. So just everything, everybody, keep your eye on that. Here we go.
2: Transfer- it wasn't going to happen in Colorado. Even Zlatan can't score sure. in a game. He's not. He can, he's amazing, but he can't score in a game. He's not in.
1: I think you underestimate the Zlatan, uh quite Maybe. honestly. Uh, he sells
2: season tickets now.
1: <laughs> he didn't sell the season tickets. Can we dispel it? Oh, he, call somebody the he tick- called yeah. a season ticket who had already renewed. All right, everybody seems to be missing that fact. I'm not. I'm not harping. I think it's great. Um, I think every, I think Zlatan should call everybody. Quite honestly, that would be that would be great. Um, in fact, he should call into this podcast just for no reason whatsoever. Kevin, as far as I'm concerned, put Zlatan on the phone all the time. Um, let's see. Transfer windows closing for the LA Galaxy. You knew about this. Uh, it opened up on, I believe, July 10th. Uh, it closes on August 8th, so August 8th is rapidly approaching. The Galaxy are, I, I, I'll i be honest, I think they went into this transfer window thinking that they would be able to make a move, and that included offloading somebody uh, to bring somebody else in, and I think that as this has played out, that has not happened. And so I do not believe that right now the LA Galaxy are in line to make sort of any any move at all. Um, and if it is a move, it's a very small move at, at the very least. I mean, we know we there's a trialist with Roderick Miller in there. I don't know how the international slots ho- hold up or how that works, but, um, you know, in terms of if they could even add him to the roster, if they wanted to, but I'll, I'll be honest, I wouldn't hold my breath on any of that stuff. Uh, it doesn't seem like the Galaxy are going to be able to do that. And mostly, Kevin, it feels like, and certainly by the statements from Siggy Schmidt, and from Chris Klein, that the LA Galaxy have the have themselves tied against the salary cap, um, and that the money that they have is basically all tied up in that and in the contracts that they have. So that seems like that's that's it. Unless you've heard anything different.
2: No, I, I I'm not sure what they would do at this point. I mean, they have some needs, but. I know Ziggy talked about uh, some of the needs are going to be addressed in the offseason. I think we had a question about that, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did, and I can do it. Uh, let's see, Jose, Jose Jose wrote in and said, uh, we moved more than half the team last offseason. How much of it do you think we'll move this season? Five, and, five to six instead of 15? Um, So I'll say that before you get to what Siggy said, I'll put my two cents in there, which is the Galaxy have some players that are probably going to go away. I think Ashley Cole goes away, and I think Michael Ciani goes away, and that's in terms of the starters. There's probably some less role players that could possibly go away as well, um, and that they could move and, and sort of to open up some other space. But you know that you're going to have basically over a million dollars opened up between Ashley Cole and and Michael Ciani um, both departing this LA Galaxy team. But other than that, Kevin, you look at contracts, and there's a lot of contracts that lock the Galaxy into to these things.
2: Well, and Ziggy talked about that. He talked about the fact that um, there needed to be a lot of work done this last offseason. Uh, they brought in 10 new players, and he said, basically the team he started the year with this year, this was the team that he wanted. But he said, and this is quoting Ziggy, but I'm not a magician. I wish I could say I could bat 10 out of 10 that all 10 players I brought in are big hits. You get some right, you get some wrong. Next year, it'll be easier from the standpoint of, here's exactly what we need. But it's difficult because of the financial situation. We're a team that's locked into our DPs and to Zlatan and to Ola. So we've got to work around that. And then he said that the hardest guys in the league to find are those who make between 100000 and 250000 meaning guys under the salary cap that you don't need TAM money for. And he said they're of the quality That you really want them to be and so if you read through all that basically what ziggy's saying is we had a ton of work to do last year we got most of it right um and that allowed us to see where the obvious holes are and we know where they are now they spent way too much on defense they need to plug a a couple of holes back there um and that's what he's going to address in this offseason but his point is um he said he wants to get this that, that this is something that continues to grow um, that it feed you know one year feeds into the next year, and so what he's saying is, yeah, we we brought in ten new players. Now we're down to where we need to we need to to sort of um, massage this a little bit. We need to continue to whittle away. Now we need rather than ten new players, we need maybe one or two or three guys in certain positions, and we know where those positions are now. Uh, and I just don't think they have the time and the resources to address those now but clearly that's going to be the focus in the offseason kurt Schmidt's already out there scouting so i, I do have some confidence that they're they they they're going to definitely make some moves this offseason they're going to address the needs and we know where they are um, but you're right. I think the majority of the team is going to be back. And I think that's what Ziggy wants. He feels like he put together a pretty good base. And so the majority of those guys will be back.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we had a, a question, an email that came in from David, uh, and he wrote a lengthy email, but basically it was talking about what I talked about on Thursday night, which was whether or not the galaxy, would be willing to give up something, uh, that they really wanted. Uh, in terms of, you know, a Roman Alessandrini, and Ola Kamara, Sebastian Leggett, um, you know, players of that quality, would they be willing to give up something they really wanted for something that they needed, like defense? Um, and the big sort of ticking clock on all this is Latan Ibrahimović. I mean, you have him firing on all cylinders right now, Kevin. He's got 15 goals. The guy is influencing games. He's doing things. If you're going to make a run in an MLS Cup... With him sort of at his full strength and and full weight behind everything, he's, he's at that right now, and there's no guarantee that he's going to be like that next year. So are the Galaxy wasting an opportunity to go after an MLS Cup because they tied their hands and they don't want to give up something you know, that's big like this. So anyway, uh, David writes in and basically says, uh, you know, his second topic that he writes in his his rather long email. I won't go through the whole thing, but he says, trade now and win twice. You know, really, it's about, and he says, trading Roman Alessandrini and getting the defense that you need and then going out there and trying to win an MLS Cup this season. I don't disagree with that line of thinking because I think anytime in Major League Soccer, you try to wait on any of these things, Kevin, uh, where you try to predict what's going to happen next season. There's no way to do that. Um, but but, yeah,
2: but I think the, the, the writer and, and, and people thinking that way are don't quite maybe have a full understanding of the way this works. And just because you offer Roman Alessandrini, you need someone to take him. Then, you know, in the case of Alessandrini, he's making DP money. Uh, does, does someone have a DP spot available to use TAM money to pay that down? Right. There, there's the the whole side of moving Alessandrini, finding somebody that wants him and that's willing to take that contract and take that money and take the contract, which extends for another year. So commit to him for another year and a half. If the Galaxy aren't willing to do that, who, you know, maybe other teams don't want to do that. And then the other side of that is you say we're trading Ramon Alessandrini for defensive help. Ooh. Look at a team that has a defender that the Galaxy need that are willing to give the, him up yep. in exchange for Alessandrini. I mean, it, it just because you want to trade a guy and because you want a guy, that doesn't mean that that trade is going to work. I, I do think the one thing with Alessandrini is I, I think the Galaxy like him. I think they like what he brings. I I I think that the fact that he's a DP and the two Dos Santos brothers are DPs. I mean, I I do believe uh, despite what Chris Klein said, I do believe they'd get rid of one of the Dos Santos brothers in a heartbeat if they could, not necessarily because uh, they want to get rid of them, but because they have no flexibility. And Ziggy talks about that a lot. It's cloaked the way he says it. He doesn't take a shot at the front office, but there is no flexibility with all three DP spots filled through next season. So, it, just because you want to trade a guy and you want to open up a spot doesn't mean the rest of the league is going to help you uh, you know by giving you what you want back in return. and the the galaxy are hamstrung. And when you look at some of the players and especially their salaries, I don't as mu- as much as I like him and and as much as I think he's a valuable player, Bajio Hasidics making a ton of money and he really hasn't been on the field much this year. I think he's gone. I think probably Jao Pedro is gone. I think you'll see some of those uh, the core guys for the most part, uh, and I agree with you, I think Siani's gone and probably Ashley Cole. The rest of the starting lineup, I think, for the most part, comes back. But by getting rid of Ashley Cole, by getting rid of Siani, by getting rid of Baggio, that opens up almost $2 million. Um, And you you can get a heck of a defender for $2 million and and keep Alessandrini because no one's going to give you what you want in return. You don't make the trade now just to say, okay, this improves us you know, a little tiny bit, but look, what we're giving up. I think it has to be a home run to make that trade and it's just not out there.
1: Yeah, it may not be. And it doesn't necessarily have to be within the league either. I mean, you know, you could have gone out and done and something, you know, on the international transfer market. I'm saying that alessandrini was one of your assets you could have traded because he actually has value there. Um, and that's why, you know, you could try to do it. I will also say that in my talks with uh, people close to the galaxy There's a real sort of eye towards this offseason and looking at how they're going to be able to shape it, like Siggy Schmidt has said, and and that you're reporting that, that Siggy said, um, but they also are very careful to understand that they don't want to hurt this team, and so looking at at trying to give up something that maybe mortgages the future or does things that, quite honestly, probably provides them no more flexibility. Because I know Siggy Schmidt spe- speaking as much about being flexible as, as he can, um, certainly would be a guy who would probably be considered uh, who would who would consider making a move if it opened up the galaxy to be more flexible in the near future. So I think there's yeah, I, there's lots I of something. I think stuff
2: there. I think moving salary, moving the d de- DP spots, but general managers in every sport will tell you that the best trade they they uh, ever made was the one they didn't make. And when they, you don't want to feel pressured into make a trade. It's got to feel right all the way around, and uh, that's why I'm kind of leaning to the fact the Galaxy not doing anything major, just because I don't see a lot of action out there. I just don't see the options that they want to think players that they need to be available. I just don't see them being available.
1: Yeah. If everyone, and and listen, defense is sort of a a problem across the league right now too. So it's not like just going to somebody else's back line. is going to suddenly solve all your problems. You're absolutely right with that. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, Sev writes in and says how big does Siggy owe Zlatan for the unbeaten streak that made him seem like he got his mojo back but still can't get the midfield and defense to make simple soccer plays. I think we've gone over that in terms of I think that this Galaxy team was in a wrong formation and that they lost creativity because of that. Put them back in a 3-5-2, even with Roman and Ola Kamara up top and or, you know, Chris Pontius up top and Roman outside. Uh, do that and see how this Galaxy team plays, and maybe they didn't have the horses to be able to pull it off, so... Uh, but I do think that the LA Galaxy owe most of their success uh, this year to uh, a player like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but also, again, to the front office, Kevin, who did do, a, a, a I think, a pretty good job of rebuilding from last year because this team is much better than the team last year. By the way, Kevin, uh, the LA Galaxy have 35 points. Um, they had 32 points all of last
2: year. So well, th- now I, I want to go back to your comment, though, yeah. because that appeared to be an unvarnished Pato compliment of the front office it is it is i'll I'll tell you
1: right now it it does come with a caveat and the caveat is that they uh they totally went sideways on trying to fix the defense because they spent a ton of money and got almost no return out of it so this galaxy team is better than it was last year but last year was you know pretty much scraping something up off the floor and trying to eat it at least this year uh you have a side table to eat it off of if that makes no sense
2: wow what an analogy that was by the way one of the things colorado did by giving up that first period goal is it took away probably the the one thing that ziggy had in his quiver his number one strength was the halftime you guys are screwing up we need to get back in the game speech He's really nailed that the last couple of weeks with the Galaxy rallying four times to get a tire or a win. That was um, that was the problem. That was what. That it was. was it. Did yep. they, they? You know they they've got to take the field now, you know pretending like they're losing. You know maybe Ziga needs to give that speech pregame instead of a halftime.
1: I, I think they tried that once and the and the players still didn't react to it. So don't don't expect the players suddenly to uh, to figure this out. Um, let's see. Uh Juan writes in and says, is it easier to fix the back line or just get a, a, a better goalie? Bingham has looked hesitant at times, glued to his line throughout the season, and, and a goal stopped here and there could have been more points. Uh, could have been, would have been, should have been, Juan. Uh, I don't think David Bingham's the problem whenever you realize how many points he, or how many shots he has taken this season. The guy needs a break. How about you get a better defense? And in my line, mind, it's better. It's easier to fix the defense, uh, which they'll be able to do in the off season. Cause I don't see it being fixed. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you'd like to read an article about the defense that I wrote, a column on the, on the defense, head on over to corner the galaxy.com. Uh, and I basically asked when the learning begins, all they say after, uh, after losses, Kevin is that we need to learn from this uh, and the defense needs to get better. And so I just think uh, school is in session, School is in session. Let's, let's see if they can actually do anything to, to make that happen. And And so far, uh, I haven't seen anything that shows that they're getting better. Um, Any more questions? Uh, Andrea says, uh, can we still win without Zlatan? Kevin, is this team capable of winning without Zlatan Ibrahimovic?
2: Well, they have to come up with their own creativity. I mean, it, it just felt like they were waiting for Zlatan to show up and he wasn't even in the state. So I, I think that it's almost like platoons, you know, in, in, in football and baseball where like you, OK, this is our Zlatan team. This is our non-Zlatan team. Um, I do think that they, you know, I know you've been harping on the the formation and you want it to stay the same. I do think you play differently without Zlatan and and the Galaxy are going to have to develop a different style if he's going to be missing games, and I believe he's going to miss Seattle, and he could miss Minnesota on the road. So um, if Zlatan's going to be you know, missing three or four games down the stretch and they're in a playoff race, I think they're going to have to find a way to win without him.
1: Wait, wait. You see, Kevin, this is all a setup. What they're going to do is, you know, the Seattle game that's up in Seattle is everybody already knows that Zlatan's not coming, uh, and then they're going to put him on the team sheet, and all of a sudden he's going to show up and start. And, uh, you know, it's it's all a misdirection, right? This is all a setup by the Galaxy to throw everybody off the trail. What do you think?
2: Well, no, what if they go into the last game of the season against Houston and they're four points out of the playoffs? Um, You know, normally that would mean that you're not going to make it because you want to get three points with a win, but Zlatan somehow finds a way to get four points from one game and then they get in the playoffs. That That would be cool.
1: Wouldn't surprise me. I've seen crazier things this year. Uh, Minnesota United coming up on Saturday, August 11th. We'll have a live show on Thursday, 7 p.m. Uh, you can catch that there. We'll get you ready for that game. All right, Kevin, anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, about the game in Colorado. About any LA Galaxy topics, or are we uh, no? We but
2: remember, go? two goals, a lot on two goals away from five hundred, and the uh, corner of the Galaxy put- put- golf tournament coming yeah. up. That's
1: right. We got to figure that one out now. Great, something else for me to do. But I, I like mini golf so much that I'm gonna I'm gonna make that happen. Uh, let's go real quick to uh, to at stat hunting. Uh, Steve uh, does some great charts. He does real statistics instead of my fake charts. Uh, and Steve basically put out. A tweet that talks about how, through this point in the season, um that basically seventy four percent of the records of the teams this season basically predict, that that team is already what it is. So if you look at the LA Galaxy, you can say, hey, through the number of points per games they scored, that they're basically who they are. You're not going to see a dramatic shift in points up. You're not going to see a dramatic shift in points down. So where they are is kind of where they're going to end up. And that's true across roughly what we'll say 74% of the records uh, across, which still means that there's like five or six teams that can go dramatically up or dramatically down. And it certainly varies between year and year. But I thought it was interesting to sort of take a look at that, uh, the very famous, you are, they are who we thought they were, um, right? They, one of those. Uh, that's sort of what MLS is right now, that what you have out there is what you're going to get. There's still going to be a couple teams who move dramatically up or dramatically down, um, and maybe Seattle's one of those teams who certainly seems to be on the rise. Uh, maybe Toronto FC, who drew Atlanta, is one of those teams. Uh, maybe San Jose is going to find a way to climb its way out of the basement, but mostly, uh, according to at stat hunting. And I'm sure that he's going to yell at me and tell me that I got it completely wrong. Uh, mostly 74% of the team's records, it sort of will explain where they will be at the end of the season. So I thought that you know, was, that was interesting.
2: I totally understood. Absolutely none of that, but oh, that's good. It, the part I got is the teams are going to be where they're supposed to be, where they are now is where they're going to wind up. Um, that part I understood. And if that's true, that means the LA Galaxy uh, opened the playoffs at the Bank of California Stadium against LAFC in the fourth El Trafico of the season.
1: It wouldn't surprise me one bit if the LA Galaxy team, if LA Galaxy and LAFC face off against each other in the playoffs. That seems like it's almost destined to happen. So, um, you know, just get ready for that. Uh, the, the last game at the end of August, I think August 24th, is not going to be the last game between these two teams this season. It seems like they're destined to meet each other in the playoffs. All right. I think that about does it, Kevin. Uh, are you sure? One last time. Anything else? You good? That's it. All right. Uh, if you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, you can certainly find him on Twitter at KBaxter11. And please head on over to latimes.com, where Kevin does all of his wonderful soccer reporting, covering soccer around the Southern California area, and, of course, across the World War Cup, all that fun stuff. He covers as well. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast, and head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our articles and of course all of our products. Uh the panda and pato shirts are there. Look for the link in the description. Uh and of course, uh, we're gonna have more information on live events and mini golf tournaments and anything else we can figure out how to do. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye everybody.